The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. <laughs> the Lions get a huge win against Green Bay. Even though you know Rodgers didn't play all that much, it gives me a sense of hope that maybe the Ford family will sell their assets of the team. The Browns finish the job against Cincinnati, win the battle for Ohio, aren't going to the postseason, but the Bengals are. As week 18 has come and passed, has gotten you really psyched up, especially me, for this wild card weekend that's upcoming in the National Football League. Woof! 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 The Georgia Bulldogs are national champions taking down the dynasty that is Alabama, which ends college football. But some moves happening down in God's country. The Jackets fall to the Hawks on Tuesday night. And it was terrible. From start to finish, terrible. While the Walleye get the job done on Sunday against Fort Wayne, a lot of players on the move going up to Grand Rapids and a player that was retired now back with the team. We'll talk about that tonight. All this and so much more on this special Thursday edition. Yes, Thursday edition right here on All Andy Elford. Settle in, get the popcorn ready because the show starts now. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot and a goal. 54 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for All Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. That is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me today on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me your time, your effort to listen to what's happening in the sports world as well as is what is happening in my life. You can be a part of our show always by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. So welcome into the program on this the 13th day of January 20. 22. I'm your host, Andy Alford, coming to you from the studios today. Yes, a Thursday edition of the podcast. Now, you're saying to yourself, why are, why is he doing a show on a Thursday? Well, let me line this up for you. 
Monday was the national championship game. And we wanted to watch, uh, you truly wanted to watch it from start to finish to give you guys the breakdown. Tuesday night was the Jackets versus the Blackhawks. Now, we were scheduled to do a stream. However, time problems as well as, as well as, uh, uh, conflict of schedules could not get us to do the do the live stream for frickers and as well as it was my sister's katie birthday so we celebrated her birthday uh out and i got a chance to watch most 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 of the jacket game second and third period didn't get much to watch the first period um but i did get to watch it on wednesday afternoon evening and wednesday night i was with my wife and we went out for an evening. We usually do a date night once a week, and to keep our, you know, the the spark alive, we usually go out and do stuff. We had a good time, and so today I am back into the saddle again to talk about Week 18, recap Week 18 of the National Football League. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also dive into that Jackets game on Tuesday as they get ready to take on Carolina tonight. And a programming note, if you are in the Columbus metro area, you are not going to be able to watch that game unless you have ESPN+. Plus. Now, ESPN+, Plus has the exclusive rights to five Jacket games this upcoming season, as well as on Hulu. So if you have Hulu and ESPN+, Plus, you're fine. But if you don't, you're going to be out of luck. You'll probably be listening to most of the game called by my good friend Bob McElligan. So there is that phrase. We'll preview that game tonight as well as recap the Jacket Report. Also, we'll dive into the Walleye. Walleye big game against Fort Wayne this past weekend. We'll dive into that as well as a reuniting of a former fish back on the ice with the team. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll dive into what Monday, why we didn't do a podcast on Monday. The National Championship as well with uh, the Georgia Bulldogs getting the job done Uh against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in God's country, Bowling Green, Ohio, as a new hire has taken place under the Leffler regime. We'll talk about that. And like I mentioned, you can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. We'll also have an Andy France for you today as well. So let's get right into it. Let's recap Week 18, and we'll start with the local teams here in the National Football League. We'll start with the Lions. Rodgers plays the game. You, he played decent against the Lions, and I'll say that. But remember, they clinched the first round by. They clinched home field for the playoffs. So I kind of figured that they were going to start most play close to their second and third stringers in this game, and the Lions were probably just going to get beat by those second and third stringers. The Lions pretty much stood what I figured. They came out and they wanted to say, "Hey, you're not going to push this around. You're not. We're not going to get beat by your second and third string. We're going to come out and we're going to win." And for me, I thought Boyle. Was, I thought Golf was done for the season. I was surprised that Golf comes in to this game and finishes the season with the with the Lions, as the Lions took on the Green Bay Packers this past Sunday night. Sunday afternoon at Ford Field for the finale of the regular season. The Lions absolutely, to me, it was, it was just a surprise of how good this team is when the lights are off on them. When the lights are not on, they could play pretty decent. 
And the Lions did come out and win and beat Green Bay by a score of 37-30. to And Jared Goff was 21 for 30 for a total of 238 yards. He had two TDs in the game. Kennedy, one for one on the receiving end, 75 yards, one TD. He threw the flea flicker pass as Williams had 13 carries for 43 yards. DeAndre Swift, seven carries for 30 yards, one TD in the game. You have St. Brown with eight catches, 109 yards, one TD in the receiving core. Raymond, four catches, 101 yards, one TD in the game. And Wright, two catches, 51 yards, one TD in the game. The Lions getting the big win. Fox 0 for 1 in the in the fleet. And they, they basically played to what I thought they were going to play. They were going to pull all the tricks out. They were going to pull and surprise a lot of people. And, and, and they did. And they absolutely did for me. They absolutely did. And I, I'm just absolutely flabbergasted of how they can perform well when the lights are off on them. As Rodgers... Only had 18 snaps in the game. He was 14 for 18 in the receiving core with two TDs in the game. He threw for 138 yards still. Jordan Love's 10 for 17 was the backup, filled in the role. One interception, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions in the game. As Dylan had 14 carries for 63 yards. Taylor, 11 carries, 53 yards, one TD in the game. Lazar, five catches, 75 yards, two TDs. Diagra, three catches, 66 yards, one TD in the game. Devontae Adams, six catches for 55 yards in the game. As uh, St. Brown's brother, Edwin, two for two catches for 22 yards. So the Lions do get the job done against Green Bay. Uh, overall, the Packers had 22 first downs. The Lions, 19. On third down, the Packers were 8 for 14. The Lions... 4 for 11. On fourth down, the Lions were 2 for 3. The Green Bay Packers were 1 for 2. Of the 404 total yards of offense for the Lions, 305 was through the air, 99 was on the ground. For the Green Bay Packers, 378 total yards of offense, 256 through the air, 122 on the ground. No penalties at all. A clean game for the Green Bay Packers. However, two penalties for 15 yards. For the Detroit Lions, the game, the Lions had no turnovers. However, Green Bay, three turnovers, two interceptions, and a fumble loss. Time of possession went towards the Green Bay Packers at 33 minutes and 39 seconds. The Lions, 26 minutes and 21 seconds. As the Lions getting a big 37-30 win over the Green Bay Packers this past Sunday. That ends their season. The Lions finish with a record of 3-13 and one. The three wins are as follows. The Green Bay Packer Week 18 win was their one of their big wins. The signature win this year for them, I have to say it, it has to be the Arizona game a few weeks ago as they absolutely destroyed the Cardinals by a score of 30 to 12. And then the of course the big win was against the Lions in the golf off golf off fashion with the 29-27 win over Minnesota. So those are the three wins. The one tie, of course, was to the Steelers as they both finished with a 16-16 draw. The Lions finish the season 3-13-1. So the overall stats, by the way, this year for the Lions, Jared Goff had 3,245 passing yards. He was, yeah, his completion ration was 
332 for 494 for so his completion rate was a 67.2 percent. Uh, DeAndre Swift had 617 total yards rushing this year in the receiving core. St. Brown had 912 yards receiving for the Lions. Swift had third, had 151 attempts for 617 yards. Uh, so he averaged about 4.1 yards a carry. Uh, St. Brown in the receiving core, he had 90 receptions of total targets of 119 for 192 yards this past season. So exit interviews are done. The Lions will now go into the offseason. And now I have question. I don't have really questions over Dan Campbell. He is safe, I think, in my opinion now uh, for another season. Uh, the question is, what do the Lions need to do to get back into contention in this division? Uh, the the Lions are Lions need uh, some help on the defensive end. Uh, their defense was not that great this year. Uh, receiving core is fine. Offensive line, more protection for Jared Goff, in my opinion. It's what they need in the offseason to you know go out and sign a few players as well as they're gonna have a big cap with regarding the situation. But I just I just want to see this team succeed next year. I'd like us to get past three wins. I count it four wins. If you count the Steeler game, they had an opportunity to win, but I I I'd like to see the Brown I like to see excuse me the Lions get better next season. I really do. And I, I just hope that this see, upcoming season is just a wake-up call for them. I really, really do. And it's a wake-up call for the Ford family to finally sell their assets because we can't take this anymore. If they fail in this draft to get the pieces and they fall into the number two draft spot, okay? There's a lot of players out there. I, I The kid from Oregon on the defensive end if that guy is not circled under the board for for the Ford family to receive, then what is the point of owning this team? What what is the point? Tell me what is the point? Because if he if they if they fail this draft, it, it it's done. For me, it's done. The the writing has been on the wall for them. For the longest, longest period of time. And it just needs to be done. Just get the job done. Draft right. And if you don't draft right, sell. There's a... Two blocks away. There's a corporation that's running the Tigers and the and the Little Caesars Arena. And the Fox Theater that is thriving. That could turn the football team around. Sell it to them. That's, that's all I have to say. It's really that's all I have to say. And the fact that we need leadership to step up to the plate is a key thing. That's a truly key thing for the Lions. It really is. But we'll see. One guy that's going to have a safe job besides Dan Campbell is Kevin Stefanski. The the Browns finished the season this past Sunday at First Energy Stadium taking on the Bengals. Bengals already clinching the AFC North with their big win against Kansas City the week before. 
Uh, they could go no higher than the three seed. And they could go as high as the two seed, as low as the four seed. Uh, they finish as the third seed as the Browns getting the big win 21-16 without Baker Mayfield at the quarterback helm. As it was Case Keatum, 17 for 24 for 178 yards, two TDs, one interception in the game. Uh, Burrow did not start, so it was Brandon Allen starting for the the Bengals in the game. Uh, DeAndre Johnson, 25 carries for 123 yards in one TD in the game. The Browns win 21 to 16. The overall uh, overall box score looks like this with regarding of the of the Bengals. Allen, 15 for 29 for 136 yards, one TD, no interceptions. Williams on the receiving on the on the rushing yards, nine attempts for 38 yards, no TDs in the game. They shut down the running game. The Browns did still. While on the receiving core was Taylor with two catches for 40 yard, 41 yards. Uh, Jameer Chase, two catches, 26 yards, no TDs. Evans, four catches, 24 yards, one TD in the game. For the Browns in this one, Case Keaton, a great outing. 17 for 24 for 176 yards, two TDs, one interception. His QBR rating was a 40.3. Like I mentioned, DeAndre uh, uh, Johnson. Deontay Johnson, 25 for 123 yards, one TD in the game. Chubb did play in the game. He had nine carries for 58 yards in that one. Jarvis Landry, six catches, 75 yards, one TD. Felton, two catches, 18 yards, one TD in the game. Donovan Peoples-Jones, three catches, 38 yards, no TDs. Uh, Jujoku, two catches, 11 yards. Uh, Schwartz, one catch, 13 yards in the game for the Browns. The overall team stats looked like this. The Browns had 24 first downs to the Bengals, 11. On third down, the Bengals were 5 for 14, where the Browns were 6 for 12. The Browns 0 for 1 on fourth down. The Bengals are perfect at 1 for 1. Of the 376 total yards that the Browns put up, 171 through the air, 205 on the ground. For the Bengals, it was 182 total yards of offense. Of that 182, 103 through the air, 79 yards on the ground. Penalties, four penalties for both teams. The Bengals had four penalties for 32 yards. The Browns, four penalties for 46 yards. A fumble and an interception thrown by the Browns. They had two turnovers in the game where the Bengals had no turnovers in the game. Time of possession went towards the Browns at 33 minutes and 39 seconds to the Bengals, 26 minutes and 21 seconds. The Browns finish their season 8-9 and nine overall. The Bengals finished 10 and 7 overall, clinching the AFC North Division. And with the Browns, let's take a look at their final stats from the season. As Baker Mayfield will finish with going 253 for 418 yards. His completion percentage was a 60.5%, averaging 3,010 yards a throw. As Keenum had seven, was 42 for 72 for 65 percent. He had 482 yards on the on the throwing gun. Uh, the attempts for Nick Chubb, he had 228 attempts at rushing. He ran 1,259 yards. Uh, Johnson, he had 100 attempts for 534 yards. Kareem Hunt this year only had played eight games, 78 yards. 78 attempts, 368 yards for Hunt this year. Donovan Peoples-Jones was the top receiver. He had 14, 34 catches. He was targeted 58 times at 
597 yards. Jarvis Landry, 52 catches this year, averaging 500 for his total yards of 570 yards. He's averaging 11 yards a catch. Donovan Peoples-Jones was averaging 17.6 yards a catch. Nujoku, 53 total target, percent targets. He was caught it 36 times for 475 yards. The Browns, a big win. They beat the Bengals. They finished 8-9. With the, with the Browns this year in the offseason, the Browns need to decide whether or not Baker Mayfield is the guy, and he is. I think if the Browns decide, the Browns need to decide whether or not they want to sign him long-term. I think they should. Uh, I think they need to invest in him. My fear is of all the players that want to leave because of Stefanski, I, I just don't see that m- that uh really happening i really want to see what this team will do at the draft they're gonna have a good draft pick Uh, the the question is the question is whether or not you know can haslam and the gm figure it out can they get it right in the drafting they need help on the offensive line they need to clean it up a lot. They need defensive help more than anything. Uh, secondary help as well. They were getting burned on those plays this past season with regarding of with regarding of all that. That's a key thing. And you know, and they need to, they they can go out and get a couple good receivers or a good tight end would be great. Running wise, you've got two great running backs in Chubb and Hunt. Don't touch the running backs. Uh, you got a good tight end, a couple good tight ends still. Receiving core is fine. Just need some more help on the offensive line as well as on the defensive side. Defensive secondary needs help as well as at the defensive line. So that's what I think the Browns need in the offseason. They need to go walk out for that. And we'll see how the Browns will shape up come come this uh next year. Can they be the play can they be back in the playoff picture? They weren't this year. We'll see what happens next year. As uh, we now take a look and recap Week 18, the rest of the games in Week 18 of the National Football League. It's time for the last time this year. It's time for Week 18's recap of the National Football League right here on all Andy Alfred. Whoop! We begin with Saturday evening football. As Patty Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs travel up to Mile High to take on Denver the Broncos. And it was an interesting fight as Patrick Mahomes battled with Drew Locke as Mahomes 27 for 44 for 270 yards. He had two TDs in the game. Drew Locke hitting at 50% at 20. 12 for 24 for 162 yards. It was a fumble that caused the Broncos, who were driving really well in the game. If it wasn't for Bolton, which sparked the Chiefs to beat the Denver Broncos 28-24. And Kansas City had to wait till Sunday to find out if they were number one overall. Whoop! The second game on Saturday took on the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Took on... Are we still with the boys? 
Dallas Cowboys. And with the Eagles clinching a playoff spot, they rested on their morals and rested their players. But Dak Prescott just said, No, we're going to romp all over you. As Prescott threw five TD passes in the game, destroying the Eagles. As Prescott, 21 for 27 for 295 yards, five TDs in the game. It was the Mustache Minshew, 19 for 33, one interception, two TDs for 168 yards. As the boys beat up on the Eagles, 51-26, securing the playoff spot for the for the Cowboys. Whoop! We then head into Sunday afternoon action as it was the, the Bears taking on the Skull. Skull! Minnesota Vikings and the Vikings absolutely slamming the Bears as it was the Ginger Jesus. Andy Dalton, 33 for 48 for 325 yards, one TD, two interceptions as Kirk Cousins was 14 for 22 for 250 yards as the Vikings slammed the Bears down, putting them down for the count with a 31-17 win. Both coaches fired out of this game. Matt Nagy gone out of Chicago. Mike Zimmer gone out of Minnesota. Whoop! We then head up to the Meadowlands, and it was the Demon. The New York Football Giants took on the Washington, we don't know our name, football team. As Joe Judge is an absolute idiot. Running the football. A QB sneak on a second and nine, and then again on a third and 11. As the G-Man fly down. Only putting seven points up on the board. As from Jake from yes, Jake from 15 for 31 for 103 yards, two interceptions, one TD. As Taylor Heineke was nine for 18 for 120 yards. As the Washington football team win 22 to seven over the G-Men. Joe Judge out as head coach of the football giants. Woo! We then head down to the upset of the day as the urbanless Jacksonville Jaguars took on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, all they needed to win is to win the football game. They win, they're in. The clown show happens. The Colts collapse. As touchdown Jesus, Trevor Lawrence, 23 for 32, 233 yards, two TDs. As Wentz, 17 for 29 for 185 yards, one interception, and one TD cost the Colts a playoff spot. As it was, the Jags getting their third win of the year, beating the Colts 26 to 11, and knocking Indianapolis out of the playoffs. Whoop! We then head over to the beautiful city that is known as Baltimore. As the Ravens 
looking to get help to get into the playoff hunt with Indianapolis losing the wild card spot was wide open. The Baltimore Ravens needed to get win and some help. But Roethlisberger on his last game of the year, possibly, proving that he ain't going down without a fight. As Roethlisberger, 30 for 44 for 244 yards and one TD, but one interception. As Huntley, 16 for 31 for 141 yards, he had two interceptions in the game. But it was overtime that both teams needed. As Roethlisberger drives them down the field, hitting Ray May McCloud on a fourth down play to set up the game winning field goal. As the Steelers beat the Ravens 16 to 13. Whoop! Keeping their playoff hopes alive. Woo! The number one seed was still up for grabs as Kansas City getting their job done against Denver. They needed to see if Tennessee could get the loss against the Texans. And of course, as Texans football happens, it just fell apart in the washer. As the Titans absolutely steamrolled and beat up on the Texans. 28-25 as Ryan Tannehill 23 for 32 for 287 yards. He threw four TDs. But Mills, 23 for 33, 301 yards with three TDs. Both guys throwing punches back and forth like Deshaun Watson. Whoops. That shows up as the winner. As Tannehill clings and wins. Giving the Titans to tighten up and to rest up as they get the overall number one seed. As they beat the Texans 28-25. Whoop! We then head down to beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. As it was the Saints taking on the Falcons. It was, of course, Taysom Hill getting the job done. He only was 7 for 9 for 107 yards. One TD in the game. As Matt Ryan was 20 for 33 for 216 yards. One TD, one interception as the Saints missed the opportunity to go to a wild card spot and win 30 to 20. Woo! We then head up to the four o'clock games as it was the game of the day, I think, in my opinion. The San Francisco 49ers, the West Cheese. Taking on Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams. Both teams trying to get into the playoffs. The Rams trying to clinch the NFC West. While the beautiful wet jeans of the San Francisco 49ers were trying their best to get into the playoffs. And it was overtime for both teams. And it was coming off of a 17-0 lead. The 49ers rallied. They absolutely rallied to take the lead and then to force overtime, lose it and force overtime as George Kittle just steamrolled the Rams. A game-winning field goal for the 49ers and then the interception on the next possession for the Rams in overtime sealed the deal for the 49ers, clinching the playoff for with a 27-24 win over the Rams as Jimmy G, 
23 for 32 for 316 yards, one TD, two interceptions. Matthew Stafford, 21 for 32, 238, three TDs, two interceptions. You can take Stafford out of Detroit, but you, can you can't take Detroit out of Matthew Stafford. Woo! We then head up to Arizona to see the Cardinals. The Cardinals trying to hold on to their playoff spot. But it was Russell Wilson saying, uh-uh-uh, one-two step to spoil the NFC West Championship for the Cardinals as it was Wilson, 15 for 26 for 238 yards, three TDs, one interception. I'm the new kid, Kyler Murray. What's 28 for 39 for 240 yards, one TD in the game as the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 38 to 30. Seahawks finished seven and 10. Could that have been Russell Wilson's last game as a Seahawk? We'll soon find out. Woo! We then head up to the cold Buffalo, New York, as nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. The Bills took on the J-E-T-S, suck, suck, sucks, Jets. And Josh Allen looks absolutely ready for the playoffs. 24 for 45 for 239 yards. Two TDs in the game as Zach Wilson. Terrible. 7 for 20. 87 yards, one TD in the game. They clinch the AFC East Championship with the 27 to 10 win over the Jets. Whoop! With that in mind, the Patriots were trying to get into the postseason. Trying their best. Hoping the Jets would get the job done. They didn't. And the Patriots go into Miami. Into the house of nightmares. For the, uh, with the Dolphins. And the Dolphins. With Tua. Tua time. 15 for 22 for 190, 109 yards. One TD as Mac Jones. Was 20 for 30 for 261 yards. One TD. The one interception. Cost them in the game. As the Dolphins. Finished nine and eight overall, and they beat up on the on the Patriots, 33-24. But Flores is out as head coach of the Minnesota of the Miami Dolphins. Woo! We then head into the other late game as it was Tampa time, taking on Rick and Gronkowski, taking on Sandor, and I'm back, and the Carolina Panthers. Darnold, 29 for 42 for 209 yards, two TDs in the game, one interception in the game. As Tom Brady, earning that number two playoff speed overall with a big win over the Panthers as he was 29 for 37 for 326 yards, three TDs in the game. Scotty Miller, two carries for 43 yards, one TD in the game. Gronk, seven catches, 137 yards. As they beat up on the Panthers to finish 13 and 4 overall with a 41-17 win over the Panthers. Woo! We that head into Sunday night football on NBC. A great matchup in Sin City. As it was the Chargers looking to get in to the playoffs. The Raiders looking to get into the playoffs as well. Win and you're in. Lose, you go home. 
And this one was one to talk about. As the Raiders. With Derek Carr. 20 for 36 for 160 yards, two TDs in the game. Herbert, 34 for 64, 383 yards, three TD passes, one interception. As Carson kicks the game-winning field goal in overtime. The Chargers drive down the field under two minutes to play, get the tying touchdown. It felt like to me that both teams were going to end in a tie. If it, both teams ended in a tie, both teams would make the playoffs. And the Steelers would be out! But if it wasn't for Brandon Stanley calling the timeout, in my opinion, it would be all over. Like the Raiders and the, and the Chargers would be in the playoffs. But Stanley calling the timeout... Carson then kicking the field goal with two seconds left after the timeout. The Raiders are going to the postseason with the 35-32 win over the Chargers. The Raiders hit the jackpot, baby, with a 10-7 mark. Woo! And that is Week 18's recap of the National Football League right here on all Andy Alfred. Wildcard Weekend is upcoming. Let's turn it back over to Andy to get you his predictions and preview for Wildcard Weekend as this has been Week 18's recap for the National Football League. And thank you so much for that and a great season right there. We'll be seeing you again in the uh, next season, I hope. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's preview Wildcard Weekend. A big slate of games coming forward this starting on Saturday afternoon. There'll be two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then the final game, a Monday night wildcard game on on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2. So let's start off with Saturday's slate. It will start off in the jungle in the AFC wildcard as it will be the Raiders taking on the Cincinnati Bungles. Both teams 10-7 overall, 4-30 kick on NBC. The Bengals a 5.5 point favorite in the game, so it's really a 2.5 point spread. It could go either way for me. I like the Bengals in this game. I think Rice, Shamir Rice, it be a... Shamir Bryce will be a great game. I think Burrow, with a week off healthy, can get back into the swing of things. I think the Bengals get the job done and beat the Raiders. The nightcap, 8-15 kickoff on CBS as it will be the Ice Bowl as both teams are going to be playing in some cold conditions as the game will be in Buffalo, New York. Uh, A lot of snow, a lot of cold. As the Patriots, 10-7 overall, will take on the Buffalo Bills, who are 11-6. The Bills are favored by four in the game against the Patriots. I think Josh Allen gets the monkey off his back, beats Bill Belichick at home. I think they get the job done. I think the run game needs to be a lot better for the for the Bills. They, need, they also need to shut down the running offense for the Patriots because I don't think the football is going to get thrown around all that much in this game because of how cold it is. I like the Bills to beat 
the Patriots on Saturday. Sunday slate looks like this, as it will be a 1 o'clock kick on Fox, as it will be the Eagles traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa an 8.5 point favorite, 1 o'clock kick on Fox. Uh, Tampa 13-4, and four, the Eagles 9-8. and eight. Is it much of a question? I'm thinking Tampa Bay all the way. Tampa wins this game pretty easily. I think they blow them out like 41 to 10, in my opinion. I think the Buccaneers get the job done. The game I think of the weekend that could surprise a lot of people will be the 4:30 kick on CBS. As Dallas, 12 and 5 overall, the AM NFC uh, East champion will take on the San Francisco 49ers, who are 10 and 7 overall. Dallas, a three-point favorite in this game. I'm actually going to take the 49ers. I think, I think Dallas is not ready. I really, I, I, I don't believe Dallas. I really don't. I didn't believe them in the regular season. They kind of surprised me at the end. I was figuring, you know, the week that they took on Arizona, that they, you know, they would be the surprise, and Arizona just trounces them. Uh, I think Dallas is not real. I think they're overhyped. I don't think that they win win their game. I have the 49ers who are better on the run game, and the and the 49ers and the 49ers could run the football. They can get into the pat into that secondary that Dallas is absolutely terrible about. I'm taking the 49ers to beat the the Dallas Cowboys in that game. The late game, of course, will be Sunday Night Football on NBC. 8-15 kickoff for that one as Big Ben and the Steelers get into the postseason with the Raiders beating up on the Chargers. As you heard in the recap, uh, Steelers 9-7-1 will take on the 2C, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs 12-5. Kansas City a 12.5 point favorite. I agree with Vegas in this one. I think it's going to be more. I have the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Pittsburgh Steelers and ending Big Ben's reign, and his retirement will end at Arrowhead Park. So I have the Chiefs beating the Steelers. The final game Monday, as it will be the Arizona Cardinals, 11-6 overall, taking on the L.A. Rams, who are 12-5 overall, 8-15 on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN2. Uh, the Rams, a four-point favorite in this one. I am actually going to take the Rams in that one. I think the better, uh, I think the running, the passing game is going to be a lot better. Stafford's got to clean up a lot of it. I really do. I like the fact that the that the Rams, uh, the 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 Cardinals are falling. The Rams are surging now. But was the game on Sunday too much for the Rams to overcome after losing the game against the 49ers? We shall see. So, to recap again, Monday, the Monday game, Cardinals-Rams, I will have the Rams. I have the Chiefs on Sunday, the Niners, and the Bucks, And then my Saturday slate, I have the Bengals and the Bills. So, we will have all in the offer next Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, to recap the Super Wildcard Weekend. Like I mentioned before, a lot of coaches, staff, of course, Black Monday, uh, news today that came out that the Texans have fired coach David Cudley after one season with the Houston Texans going 4-13. and So a lot of coaching positions are open. Uh, you have the Bears, Minnesota, Miami, the Giants, Houston, 
and Jacksonville all opening with Cup, as well as Denver, all looking for coaching positions. We'll see how it all shakes out. We will absolutely see how it all shakes out going forward. Will there be a guy from the college ranks to make the jump? It's my big question. I don't see it. I uh, I think we're going to see offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators getting moved around. Uh, you might see uh, there's a there was a talk, and I, I'm going to bring this up really quickly. I think Flores, Brian Flores from Miami, who lost his job, got fired, is a good fit in Chicago with the Bears. I really do. I really do. And the funny thing, the ownership there likes him. I think Flores to Chicago is, a, I think, a done deal. I think that's what's, what's going to happen. Zimmer, uh, I think it's just going to flat-out retire. I really do. I think he's going to flat-out retire. But, you know, he, he's, you know, he's been in the game for a while. When Minnesota let him go, I was surprised by that. But, uh, you know, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, so you're listening to Only Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's continue to talk about the gridiron. Let's talk about the big game that happened on Monday. Let's talk about the national championship. As college football's premier final game of the season took place this past Monday night, that's why we didn't do the podcast on Monday night, as it was the national championship game. Presented by AT&T and Dr. Pepper as it was the third ranked Georgia Bulldogs taking on the number one overall ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. And I'll tell you, this game was a really good game. Back and forth, both defenses were stingy, very, very tight on their defensive side of things. Uh, You know, field goals were key in this game early on. We didn't see much offense until the fourth quarter. When Georgia finally broke the broke the ice with the touchdown, excuse me, in the third quarter when they broke the touchdown, as both teams were, it was nine seven at halftime. Not excuse me, nine six at halftime, and then Georgia got into the end zone on a one yard run from Zamir White, and making it thirteen to nine. The Alabama Crimson Tide then go down, score a field goal in the fourth quarter, make it thirteen twelve, and then they score a touchdown. On a three-yard pass from Bryce Young to Cameron Latou. It was 18-13. Then Georgia comes back from Stenson Bennett, who was absolutely fantastic. Gives it to uh, Ar- uh, Ardell Mitchell for a 40-yard touchdown pass. It's 19-18. As then to seal it in the deal was Brock Bowers getting the pass from Stenson Bennett. 15 yards. With 3 minutes and 33 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, making it a 26-18 game. And then just to rub it right into Nick Saban's wound, a 79-yard interception was returned for a touchdown. It was 33-18 was the final, and that is the final. So after 41 years since the last national championship for the Georgia Bulldogs, they snapped that title drought, get over the hump, beat Bama, 33-18, ends the dynasty for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide, giving them their second loss of the season. And Georgia finishes 14-1 to 
overall. Stenson Bennett in the game was 17 for 26 for 224 yards, two TDs in the game. His QBR rating was a 70.0. Zamir White, 13, catch, 13 carries for 84 yards, one TD. Pickens, one catch, 52 yards. Mitchell, two catches, 50 yards, one TD. Bowers, four catches, 36 yards. For Alabama in the game, it was Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, 35 for 57 for 369 total yards, one TD, two interceptions. As Robinson had 22 carries for 68 yards. Uh, Bryce Young was just terrible in the running game. He was four. He had four carries for negative 43 yards. Latou, five catches, 102 yards, one TD in the game. Williams, four catches, 65 yards, no TDs in the game. The overall team stats looked like this. Uh, Alabama had 22 first downs to Georgia's 20 on third down. Alabama was 9 for 20. Georgia, 4 for 12. Georgia did not go for it on fourth down. Alabama was 0 for 1. Total yards, the Alabama Crimson Tide had 399 total yards of offense. 369 through the air, 30 yards rushing in total for the Alabama Crimson Tide. For Georgia, they had 364 yards of total offense, 224 through the air, 140 on the ground, 10 penalties for 70 yards for the Georgia Bulldogs, 7 penalties, 57 yards for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama turned the football over twice with two interceptions by Bryce Young. Uh, Georgia lost, had a fumble. Stinson Bennett just lost it. And that was the one turnover. The possession arrow went to Alabama at 31 minutes and 31 seconds to Georgia's 28 minutes and 29 seconds. So the Alabama Crimson Tide fall. The dynasty ends as they lose to Georgia and win the national. Georgia wins the national championship 33 to 18. Ends college football for the season. So a great national championship game. A good, good rating. It drew a 13.2 million. On ESPN's uh, telecast with Kurt Curbstreet and Chris Fowler. Did a fantastic job with it. And I got to give credit to uh, ESPN for a great season of college football. And Curbstreet and them do a great job. And now we get wait till August for when we begin the journey again, which is college football. Looking forward to it. Uh, big news that was come, that came out. Uh, today was that Bowling Green out of God's country, Bowling Green, Ohio, the Bowling Green State University Falcons have signed a new special team uh, uh, coordinator this past, this today. Uh, if I pull it up here really quickly here, I just saw it. It was just on my feed here. Do, do, do. Gotta love life. Live broadcast right here. Um, let's see here. Bum, 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 bum. Here it is. Uh, this is according to Jordan Strack from WTOL. Alex Bayer is the new BGSU football special teams coordinator. Bayer was a tight end. Yes, I remember him. Tight end under Dave Clawson in the Bowling Green State University Falcons. He played a little bit in the NFL, broke into coaching as an analyst with Clawson at Wake Forest. He last year was a special teams coordinator at Valparaiso. So uh, Bowling Green getting their coaching staff ready to go as they get more into the recruiting phase of this upcoming season for fall with spring camp getting ready to start here in the next few weeks. Uh, then we'll get, we get our spring game and then we'll have, uh, we'll be going into the summer seasons to get us ready for the first game which is in September as they take on 
UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And by the way, I found this out. Uh, when Bowling Green plays UCLA this upcoming season, they'll play the Bruins out at out in California. It'll be the first time that a Mid-American Conference school will play at the Rose Bowl. It's the first ever Mid-American Conference will play team will play at the Rose Bowl this upcoming season. So looking forward to that. Absolutely looking forward to that. Schedule also came out for the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes will open up at home against Notre Dame. That is a big game. That will happen on September 5th as well. So we got a big slate of college football coming forward. We'll have you all covered for this upcoming spring into the summer seasons. We'll look into the Bowling Green's recruiting class going forward as well as what's happening on campus with the guys. But, of course, college football has come to an end with Georgia getting a 33-18 win over the Alabama Crimson Titans. You're listening to All in the Elfer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And now, let's hit the ice. Oh, buddy, let's talk about the Jackets. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So when I last left you, the Jackets were coming off of the loss over the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday, the 4th of January, as we did that post-game edition of All Andy Alfred, as the Jackets fell to the Lightning 7-2, they went into the Rock in New Jersey to take on the New Jersey Devils, Frank the Tanks, Frank Fleming's New Jersey Devils, and the Jackets get, you know, started off pretty well. Uh, of course, Corpusalo getting the start in the game, but it was Thomas Sitar getting the goal scoring for the Devils as he gets his eighth of the season from Brett and Hughes on the backhand. 51 seconds into the first period with a one nothing lead for the Devils before then Max Domi getting his eighth of the season from Vladislav Gavrikov and Cole Sillinger tying the game at one apiece at the 4.54 mark of the first period and that was 1-1 after 20 minutes of play. Both teams did not score in the second and that was actually the last of the scoring for the Jackets as Brat getting his 10th of the season from Hughes and Bastille on the power play, making it 2-1 New Jersey, and then Hughes getting his 9th of the season into the empty net, making it 3-1 New Jersey, and that was the final as Jack Hughes puts it in and seals the deal for the New Jersey Devils. He gets the number one star, Jasper Brat, the number two star, Mackenzie Blackwood, the number three star in the game as the Jackets fall to the New Jersey Devils in game one of the back-to-back games against the Devils, three to one. Jackets did outshoot New Jersey in the game, 33 to 28. They uh, both tied in the fi- in the faceoff dot at 50%. New Jersey one for three on the power play. Columbus 0 for 4. Columbus had 6 minutes in penalties. New Jersey 8 minutes in penalties. New Jersey outblocked the Jackets 11 to 6. They outhit the Jackets 11 to 6 as well. The Jackets had two takeaway giveaways to 11 for the Devils. The Devils had 20 takeaways to Columbus's 15. Jackets out outshot New Jersey in the first period 18 to 5. And then they were outshot 12 to 12 to 7. And 11 to 7 in the third period for a total of 32 to 28 in the game. 
Like I mentioned before, Jackets, it was Corpusell starting. He stopped 25 of 27. His save percentage of a point, 9 to 6. For New Jersey in the game, it was it was uh, uh, Blackwood stopping 31 of 32. Save percentage of a point, 9 6 9. So the Jackets fall in New Jersey. They then took on the same Devils again on Saturday night at Nationwide Arena. The Jackets out to an early 2-0 lead by Oliver Bjorkstra getting his 10th of the season on the power play from Voracek and Line 1-0 Jackets at the 2-0-1 mark of the first period. Then Jenner not even two minutes and th two seconds later getting his 13th of the season from Nyquist and Boquist. It was 2-0 Jackets and then the Jackets again collapsing in that same frame as Hershauer getting his 7th of the season from Stevenson and Lesley. It was 2-1 Columbus, and then Versailles getting his sixth of the season for Mercer, tying the game after 20 minutes at the 1940 mark of the first period, tying it after 20 minutes, 2-2. And then Chinikov getting his second of the season for the Jackets in the second period, making it 3-2 Columbus from Robinson and Corrali at the 931 mark of the second period. And then Studnik getting his first of the season from, Bo from Jordan Boquist and Ryan Reeves. Assuming Ryan Graves, his 10th of the season, tying the game at three apiece. And then the Maestro in the third period, getting his 11th of the season from Voracek and Boquist on a slap shot, beating Blackwood. Jackets get the 4-3 lead. They go on to win 4-3. Bjorkstrand, the number one star. Voracek, the number two star. Corpusalo, the number three star. As the Jackets get a big win, 4-3 over the New Jersey Devils. Jackets outshot the Devils into the game 34 to 30. They led in the faceoff down at 53.7% to 46.3%. Jackets 1 for 3 on the power play. New Jersey 0 for 3 on the power play. The Jackets out hitting the Devils in the game 24 to 13. They outblocked the Devils 10 to 9. They had one giveaway was New Jersey to Columbus's 12. The Jackets had nine takeaways to New Jersey's 3. Jackets outshot the Devils in the first period 11 to 6. Devils outshot them in the second and third, 13 to 12 in the second, 11, and they both tied 11 in the third period. In the game, Corpusalo for the Jackets, stopping 27 of 30. His save percentage of a point nine zero for the Devils in the game. Blackwood stopping 30 of 34. Save percentage of a point eight eight two. So the Jackets getting a big win on Saturday night. They were scheduled to play Montreal on Monday. That game got postponed because of the COVID restrictions that are happening. In Canada, the Jackets then had a day of rest. They took on the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday night. Yours truly watched the game after his sister's birthday. By the way, happy belated birthday to my sister Katie. Uh, the Jackets did get off to the good start. It was Boone Jenner getting his 14th of the season from Nyquist and Wierenski. It was 1-0 Jackets before Alex DeBrinkett. Getting his 22nd of the season from Stillman. Tying it up at 1 after 20 minutes of play. It was then Christian DeHaan getting his first of the season from Kirkwist and Edswell. 2-1 Chicago after 40 minutes of play at the 15-20 mark of the second by the period. And then Connor Murphy, his third of the season. Connor, a native of Dublin, Ohio. He had family in the crowd. Murphy, his third of the season from Taves and Kane, third, third 3-1 at the 6-36 mark of the third period. Gus Nyquist on the shorthanded, gets the shorthanded goal on the power play 
uh, on a shorthanded goal, by the way, as the Hawks had a power play unassisted, getting it 3-2 at the 18:30 mark, 9 mark of the third period. But it was Debrinkit getting his second of the game, his 23rd of the season, as Stolman getting into the empty net, 4-2 Hawks. That was the final at Nationwide as the Jackets fall to the Hawks, 4-2. Debrinkit, the number one star. Connor Murphy, the number two star. Gus Nyquist, the number three star of the game. The Jackets outshot the Hawks in the game. 26 to 20. The Hawks led in the faceoff dot 60.5% to the Jackets 39.5%. Both teams over on the power play. Chicago had four minutes of penalties. Columbus eight minutes of penalties. The Hawks out hit the Jackets 13 to 10. They outblocked the Jackets 18 to 10 as well. Both teams had nine giveaways in the game. The Hawks had 10 takeaways to the Jackets eight. By the way, Jackets had eight shots on goal. So did Chicago in the first. Jackets had eight in the second. Three in the third. Three in the second for the Hawks, 10 in the third, nine for the Hawks for a total of 26 to 20 was it. For the Hawks, it was Marc-Andre Fleury, the flower, capitalizing on the Jackets. He stopped a total of 24 of 26, his state percentage of a point, 9-2-3, for it was Cover Pasalo getting his fourth start of the season, 16 of 19, stopping for the Jackets. He had a save percentage of a point, 8-4-2, so the Jackets getting a big loss against the Hawks. They have lost three of their last four. They will now head on a road trip for a three games, three game long road trip as they will take on Carolina tonight. Seven o'clock puck drop. That game exclusively on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Now, here is the big thing with it. Bally uh, Sports will not cover this game. It is an exclusive right game for ESPN Plus and ESN Hulu. So if you do not have Bally Sports, I mean, if you don't have ESPN Plus or, ba or Hulu or the Bally or the, the subscription for ESPN Plus, you will not be able to watch this game on the break of the ESPN. Bear that in mind. So you, if, the only way that if you're in the jacket market to watch it, my apologies, will be if listening to it with Bob McKellican and CBJ Radio. So there is that for you. By the way, if you're noticing, pre-game pre show for that is at 6.30 on the radio dial. So they will take on the Hurricane 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN Plus and Hulu. They will then travel to Sunrise, Florida to take on these hot Florida Panthers at 6 o'clock on Saturday. They will have a day off. On Tuesday, they were scheduled to play the Islanders, but that game has been postponed due to COVID for the Islanders. They will then head to Philadelphia to battle the Flyers next Thursday, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. And then the big game, I think we all as Jacket fans want to circle this one. This will be the 21st of January, the first time that we are playing Pittsburgh this season. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. A day off on the 22nd, then they'll take on the Ottawa Centers that Sunday, 6 p.m. puck drop. For that one. So looking at the standings going into tonight's play. In the Atlantic Division, it is the Florida Panthers at 24-7-5 with 53 points. The Lightning are 24-9-5 with 53 points. Toronto 23-9-3 with 49 points. Metropolitan Division with Carolina. The Jackets are playing tonight on the top spot. At 24-7-2 with 50 points. The Rangers are 23-10-4 with 50 points. The Washington Capitals at 28 and 9 with 49 points. Wild card standings looks like this. 
Pittsburgh in the top spot at 21-9 and 5 with 47 points. Boston 20-11-2 with 42 points. The Red Wings are on the outside looking in at 16-16 and 5 with 37 points. Columbus one game under 500 at 16-17-1 with 33 points. The Flyers 13-15-7 with 33 points. The Devils 14-7-5 with 33 points. The Islanders 10-12-6 with 26 points. The Buffalo Sabres at 10-19-6 with 26 points. Ottawa 9-18-2 with 20 points. And the Montreal Canadiens are 7-24-4 with 18 points. In the Western Conference, it looks like this. It is the in the Central Division, the Nashville Predators in the top spot at 24-11-2 with 50 points. Colorado 22-8-3 with 47 points. St. Louis 21-10-5 with 47 points. In the Pacific Division, it is the Golden Knights at 23-14-2 with 48 points. Anaheim 19-13-7 with 45 points. The Kings 18-13-5 with 41 points. Wild card standings look like this. Minnesota is holding the top spot at 21-10-2 with 44 points. The San Jose Sharks are 20-16-1 with 41 points. Calgary 17-10-6 with 40 points. Dallas 18-13-2 with 38 points. The Edmonton Oilers are 18-14-2 with 38 points as well. Winnipeg. 16, 12, and 5 with 37 points. Vancouver, 16, 16, and 3 with 35 points. The Hawks, 13, 18, and 5 with 31 points. Seattle, 10, 21, and 4 with 24 points. And the Arizona Coyotes are 8, 23, and 3 with 19 points. They are the second worst team. The worst team in the league right now is the Montreal Canadiens at 7, 24, and 4 with 18 points. Games going on tonight besides the Jackets taking on Carolina at 7 o'clock. Winnipeg is in Detroit to battle the Jets. Montreal is in Chicago to battle the Hawks at 7 o'clock on ESPN. It will be Philadelphia is in Boston to battle the Bruins. Vancouver is in Tampa Bay to battle the Lightning. New Jersey is in in. Belmont Park to battle the New York Islanders. Seattle is in St. Louis to battle the the Blues. Buffalo is in Nashville to battle the Predators. Calgary hosts the Ottawa Senators. The late game look like this. It will be Pittsburgh taking on L.A. and New York battling the San Jose Sharks. So those are the games going forward. News and notes around the NHL for you as well. As Tuka Rass will make his season debut, he signed a one-year, one million dollar contract with the Boston Bruins. That's going to be a shakeup right there, right there. I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, other news and notes, the NHL All-Star Game roster will be set to be released here in about about two hours from right now on ESPN. Uh, uh, looks like Eric Stahl has signed a professional tryout contract with the Iowa Wild. Uh, Connor McDavid had his first practice with the auto, with the Edmonton Oilers since coming off of COVID-19 protocol. Uh, it looks like we have a suspension. Of course, it will be uh, Chris Weidman has been spent, suspended one game for a head-butting Boston Bruins forward Eric Hollera from last night's game on TNT. Uh, looks like it's going to be Kamiri Kapanen likely to return against the Ducks recovering from an injury. Uh, Kane... It says he's frustrated he's not scoring. So we'll see how it all shakes out. The Jackets, like I said tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Jackets and Carolina Hurricanes at PNC Place. So 
there's that for you as you that has been the jackets report right here on all andy elford on the anchor network whether it be on itunes spotify google podcast pocket cast bleaker stitcher however you're listening wherever and whenever you're wherever and whenever you're listening thank you so much for tuning in now let's continue to talk about the pond let's go fishing with the toledo walleye it's time to hit the pond It's time for the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Indie Alfred. Now time for the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Indie Alfred. And the Walleye coming off of the win, the big Winterfest win. They had a huge road trip to start it off. With two games in Fort Wayne and a game in between against the Kalamazoo Wings. We start off with Wednesday, which was the 5th of January. They took on the Fort Wayne Comets. And they beat up on the Comets by a score of 7-2 to as it was Brett Boeing getting a hat-trick in the game. It all started off with Howershell getting his 5th of the season from Hawkins. It was one nothing. Fish 8 seconds into the first period. Before Fort Wayne's Alero getting his eighth of the season from Scheffner and Perzelli. And it was 1-1 before Brett Bowen getting his fifth of the season. Getting his first of the evening from Cole Frazier at the 14.05 mark of the first period. Making it 2-1 fish. And right before the end of the first period, Randy Gazzola getting his fourth of the season from Hawkins and Howard Shell. Making it 3-1 fish after 20 minutes of play. Toledo continued that offensive spread into the second period as Keenan getting its fifth of the season from Howershell and Hawkins. As it was Hawk, uh, Keenan his fifth of the season, making it 4-1 fish. Frazier then getting his third of the season from Keenan and Hawkins at the 12-24 mark of that second period, getting his third of the season it was 5-1 fish and then Boeing getting both his goals six and seven six of the season from Hawkins and Gazzola on the power play at the 14-50 mark nine mark of the second period making it 6-1 fish and then in the third period Boeing getting the hat trick again at the 16-11 mark of the third period from Hensick making it a 7-1 game the fifth that was all the Scoring of the fish, uh, Perzelli getting its eighth of the season, trying to cut into that lead for Fort Wayne from Jamar and Alvaro, but it was just not enough as the Fort Wayne Comets fall to the Toledo Walleye by a score of 7-2 to this past Wednesday, the 5th of January. The fish were outshot in the game 43-35. to Toledo 1-for-3 on the power play, Fort Wayne 0-for-2 on the power play. It was Trotic start, um, my apologies, it was... Uh, Brink starting in the game, he stopped. He stopped. He was 15 for 20, allowing five goals in, and then they replaced him with uh, Product, who was 13 for 15. Uh, Billy Christopoulos was 41 of 43 in the game for the Fish. So the Walleye getting a big 7-2 win this past Wednesday night. Other games that took place last Wednesday for the Fish. Of interest, of course, like I mentioned, 
That was the only game in the division at that time, actually. That's Jacksonville, a 4-3 win in overtime over Norfolk, and Utah win 2-1 over the Idaho Steelheads. And then on Friday night, the Fish then traveled up to Kalamazoo for Hockey is for Everyone Night, a beautiful symbol on the ice at at the K-Wings Event Center. As it was uh, Hockey is for Everyone, they had a rainbow over center ice. They painted the ice in rainbow colors, but the Fish come out with the big 4-2 win over the K-Wings as it was a good-sized crowd on hand of 4,096 in attendance as the Fish getting a 4-2 win. It started off with Keenan getting his sixth of the season at the 7-12 mark of the first period from Walters and Olitsky. And then it was Kalamazoo getting two goals in the second period after the Fish were up 1-0 after 20 minutes as it was Hunts getting his ninth of the season for Vertali and Lambden. Hunts is ninth of the season at the 4-11 mark of the second period. And then uh, Debrinkit getting his second of the season from Bailey and Bryce. Debrinkit is second of the season at the 1906 mark of the second period, making it 2-1 K-Wings after 40 minutes. And then in the third, the Fish really kicked it up as Hawkins getting his third of the season from Schultz. It was 2-2 tying it up there. And then Keenan getting his seventh of the season, his two-goal night from Schultz and Hawkins, making it 3-2 Fish. Schultz getting the empty netter from Hawkins and Marnett in the third period. And that was the final as the Fish take down the K-Wings on Hockey is for Everyone night in Kalamazoo by a score of 4-2. The Fish outshot Kalamazoo in the game 44-26. Both teams over on the power play. Toledo 0 for 2. Kalamazoo 0 for 3. It was Gorsuch stopping 40 of 43 in the game. And then Christopoulos stopping 24 of 26 in the game for the Fish in that one. Other games on that Friday night on the 7th, it was wheeling a loss to Indianapolis 5-1. Maine a 3-2 win over the Adirondack Thunder. It was the uh, Reading Royals a 3-2 win over Wooster. Greenville loses it to Atlanta 4-3. It was South Carolina getting destroyed by the Ever Florida Everblades 8-3. In the Queen City, Cincinnati a 5-4 win over the Fort Wayne Comets. Allen, a 6-3 win over the Tulsa Oilers. Kansas City, a 4-2 win over the Wichita Thunder. Rapid City wins over the Iowa Heartlanders, 3-2. And Utah falls to Idaho by a score of 6-3. We get to Saturday's slate on the 8th of January as the Fish then took on the same Fort Wayne Comets. And Fort Wayne just absolutely went out and dominated this game in all aspects for the, for the Fish. Both teams were... Scoreless through 40 minutes of play. All scoring happened in the third period, and Fort Wayne just absolutely went to town on Toledo in the third period. Solinsky getting his third of the season from Murphy and McLaur at the 420 mark of the third period was one nothing Comets, and then Alvaro getting his tenth of the season for Porillo and Harper getting his tenth of the season at the 808 mark of the second period. In the third period, Harper getting two goals. At the 13:34 mark of the period from Perot and Cooper. And then again, that same combination happening again, not even a minute later as Harper getting its eighth of the season from Porcillo and Cooper. It was Harper's seventh and eighth of the season, 4 nothing Comets. And then it got chippy later into the game. A lot of fighting, a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving into the game. As... It's a lot of roughing, a lot of pushing and shoving in the game towards the end of it. But the Fish do get a goal from Tomek, his sixth, Brandon Tomek, his sixth of the season from 
McMurray and Lowry at the 1948 mark of the third period, but it wasn't enough. The fish fall to the Fort Wayne Comets by a score of 4-1. to one. Fort Wayne dominated in the shots with the 34-27 mark. Fort Wayne 3-for-6 on the power play. In the game, Toledo 1-for-4 on the power play in that one. Toledo had 22 minute, 16 minutes in penalties to Fort Wayne's 22 minutes in penalties in the game. By the way, in the game, it was Hughes getting the start start for Fort Wayne. He was 26 for 27. It was Milos, uh, Milocek, 30 for 34 for the Fish, getting his first loss of his career. Other games around the East Coast League on Saturday, the 8th of January, Adirondack, a 5-2 win over the Maine Mariners. Florida getting a 5-2 win over the South Carolina Stingrays. The Rooster Railers fall to the Royals, 6-2. Wheeling falls to Indy 5-2. The Gladiators a 3-1 win over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. The Cyclones getting a 5-4 win over the Kalamazoo Wings. Wichita a 2-1 win over Kansas City. Tulsa a 4-2 win over the Indianapolis Fuel. In overtime, the Iowa Heartlanders getting the win over Rapid City 4-3. And in a shootout, it was Idaho a 4-3 win over the Utah Grizzlies. We get to Sunday, the final game of the series weekend set for the Fish. The week set as they played four games in five days as they took on the Fort Wayne Comets at the Huntington Center, the first game back after Winterfest. And the Fish did battle it out with the Fort Wayne Comets. Fort Wayne getting out to an early 2-0 lead after 40 minutes as Burr is getting its fifth of the season from German and Tolek. At the 150 mark of the first period, it was one nothing Comets. Then Perzelli getting his ninth of the season in the second from Harper and Porcello on the power play. It was Porcelli his ninth of the season at the 328 mark of the second period. Then the Fish really turned it up, tying it up in the third period as Schultz getting his second of the season from Keenan and Lowry. And then with at the 1209 mark of the third period, Brett Boeing getting his eighth of the season from Hawkins and Gazzola on the power play. At the 1209 mark of the third period, tying the game at two. And then Randy Gazzola in overtime. Beating the hearts of the Fort Wayne Comet fans that made the trek over. Getting his fifth of the season from Hurd and Boeing at the 229 mark of the first over of the overtime period. The Walleye beat the Comets 3-2. Toledo outshot Fort Wayne in the game 31-21. Both teams one for three on the power play. Both had 11 minutes in penalties. Um Milonchek getting the uh, excuse me, and Milonchek getting the win. He stopped 19 of 21. It was Hughes stopping 28 of 31 in the game on Sunday. The Sunday slate saw Maine getting a 4-1 win over Adirondack. Greenville uh, loses to Atlanta 3-2. Kalamazoo a 5-1 win over the Wheeling Nailers. It was Kansas City six, Tulsa one. And Iowa slapped down on the Rapid City Rush by a score of 9-1. to uh, Games on Monday, of course, Orlando beating up on South Carolina 2-1. to uh, On Tuesday, the 11th, it was Wichita 2-1 win over Kansas City. Wednesday, yesterday's slate on the 12th, Kalamazoo a 5-4 win over the Fort Wayne Comets. It was Reading a 6-2 win over Adirondack. 
Maine falls to Worcester 4-2. It was Cincinnati a 4-1 win over the Atlanta Gladiators. And Tulsa, a 4-1 win over the Allen Americans. The next game for the Fish. Oh, by the way, there is a game tonight. Rapid City is in Wichita, 7.05 Central Time Zone for that one. The Walleye will be back on the ice on Friday night. They'll head back up to KO Wings Event Center. 7 o'clock puck drop as they take on those same Kalamazoo Wings. Other games slate as Wheeling is in Orlando to battle the Orlando Solar Bears. Florida is in Greenville to battle the Swamp Rabbits. South Carolina hosts the Norfolk Admirals. Redding is in Worcester to battle the Railers. Uh, Jacksonville will take on the Atlanta Gladiators. Uh, Kansas City takes on Iowa at 7 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, it will be Indy taking on Fort Wayne. Allen takes on Tulsa. Rapid City is in Wichita to battle the Thunder. Idaho is in Utah to battle the Grizzlies. The next home game for the Fish will be on Saturday the 15th. They will take on the same Fort Wayne Comets at 7.15 at the Huntington Center is the time of the puck drop for that one. Uh, tickets are still available for that one. Then the Fish will then head on Sunday to Cincinnati to battle the Cyclones for a 3 p.m. puck drop for that one this upcoming week. Looking at the standings going into tonight's into this weekend's play. Toledo's in the top spot in the Central Division at 27-0-2 with 42 points. Cincinnati 20-11-1-0 with 41 points. Fort Wayne 17-10-4-0 with 38 points. Kalamazoo 17-12-0-0 with 34 points. Wheeling 15-13-1-0 with 31 points. Indy 12-14-2-2 with 28 points. And the Iowa Heartlanders are 11-17-3-1 with 26 points. In the South Division, looking at the rest of the divisions, We'll start with the South. It is the Florida Everblades at 18-8, 3-3 of 42 points. Jacksonville 29-1-1 42 points. The Atlanta Gladiators are 16-14-2-1 with 35 points. Orlando 17-12-1-0 with 35 points. The Norfolk Admirals are 12-16-1-1 with 26 points. Greenville 9-14-3-3 with 24 points. And South Carolina 10-18-3-0 with 23 points. In the Mountain Division, sees the Grizzlies of Utah in the top spot at 20-11-1-1 with 42 points. Idaho, 18-12-0-1 with 37 points. Tulsa, 16-13-0-1 with 33 points. Rapid City, 14-14-3-2 with 33 points. Kansas City, 15-16-1-0 with 31 points. The Allen Americans are 13-11-3-0 with 29 points. And the Wichita Thunder, 12-16-4-0 with 28 points. In the North Division... See, it's the North, uh, Newfoundland Growlers with 22 games played at 15-5-2-0 and with 32 points. My apologies. Reading, 25 games played. They are 13-7-4-1 with 31 points. The Maine Mariners, 30 games played are 13-13-3-1 with 30 points. The Lions of Travos are 14-9-0-1 with 29 points. The Adirondack Thunder, 13 2 13, 12, 2, and 0 with 28 points. They have played 27 games. And the Worcester Railers are 10, 14, 1, and 1 with 22 points. 26 games played for that one. Uh, news and notes to pass around. Of course, the the uh, uh, the All-Star team have been announced. And it will be the following players going on to the All-Star teams. Let's see here. Pull it up here for you guys here on the ECHL page for you. So here is the list of players that will be taking part in the 
the ECHL All-Star Game. And uh, it's, a, it's a good list, I think so. Uh, Samuel Harvey from the Fort Wayne Comets in the goaltending round. Here's the goaltender list. Samuel Harvey from Fort Wayne. Evan Brutus from Wichita. And Kevin and Ken Appleby from the Worcester Railers. On the defensive side, it will be it'll be Mike Lee from Indianapolis from the Fuel. Wyatt Edge from the Cincinnati Cyclones. Uh, Brendan Miller from the Kalamazoo Wings. You also have Marcus Crawford from Kansas City. Charles Edwin Adios from the Utah Grizzlies. You have Joe Menas from the Adirondack Thunder. You also have Tim Davidson from the Atlanta Gladiators and Jordan Subban from the South Carolina Stingrays. The forwards will look like this. It will be Gavin Gore from the Allen Americans. Blake Winitsky from the Florida Everblades. It will be Liam Pecoro from the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. You also have Chris Bennett from the Iowa Heartlanders. Justin Bresrue from the Maine Mariners. Zach O'Brien from the Newfoundland Growlers. Alex Tongjing from the Tongjing from the Norfolk Admirals. It'll be Aaron LeCuck from the Orlando Solar Bears. Logan Nelson from the Rapid City Rush. Jacob Picard from the Reading Royals. Reading Royals. My apologies. You'll also have Patrick. Wilding from the Wheeling Nailers, Jack Dormus from the Tulsa Oilers, as well as Oliver Archibald from the Toros Lions, and T.J. Hensick, the captain of the Toledo Walleye, will be a part of that. In a cooperation with that, with the Premier Hockey Federation and the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, two members from each organization will participate in the All-Star Game. They'll take part in the All-Star festivities as the PF, PHF, Allie's Thurstrom from the Minnesota Whitecaps, and Jillian Dempsey from the Boston Pride, and from the PWHPHS's Sophie Schelfler from Team Adidas, which is Minnesota, and Lauren Gabriel from Team Sorensen from Toronto will also take part in the All-Star game that will have 70 players that have that will be a part of the, of the All-Star festivities. My apologies. The 70 players from the ECHL All-Star game have gone on to play in the National Hockey League, including 54 since 2002. The event will take place on Monday, January 17th, which is Martin Luther King Day, at 7.30 at Vistar Veterans Memorial Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida, 2022. That game will be on the NHL network. So there's that for you guys. Tickets are still available for that. Uh, they're also having the luncheon that Monday at noon. So there's that as well. Uh, and that is the walleye roundup as well as the East recap around the East Coast Hockey League as you're listening to All NBL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's get into our final segment of the program tonight, and that is Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants, and I want to thank you again for tuning into the podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. And remember to tell your friends about the show as well, too. Want to give a special thank you to one of my good friends, our former former broadcaster of mine, with um, 
with our old podcast, which is Andy and Money. Uh, Nick the Money Man DeVera, of course. Uh, we um, This past week, he got our package that we sent to him over the uh, some Canadian snacks, including the Crush uh, Cream Soda, as well as the Ketchup Pringles. Uh, it was a snack pack that we sent over to him. Uh, Nick is doing food reviews on his YouTube channel. Is uh, We'll share it in our our link to the show that he uh, had our stuff on. Uh, I want to thank him for giving a plug of, for our show on his show. And uh, thank him from the bottom of my heart for everything he, he has done for us. And we'll have him on our program soon enough as we're working on trying to figure out how this baseball situation is going to happen. Uh, they are meeting today for collective bargaining. We'll figure out how, if this is going to be for real or if this is fake, we, we don't know. We don't know if this is going to be for real when it comes to the baseball season going forward because uh, we are now almost a month out from spring training starting, so we have no season yet. It's kind of worrisome. I'm telling you, it's kind of worrisome. So we'll keep you updated on baseball going forward uh, right here on All Andy Alford. So it's uh, time for Andy Rants. And like I said, we, we thank Nick, of course, and and uh, with all the baseball situation going on, that's just sub to, sub to what's happening right now in this world. Um, as... As many of you know, uh, uh, I like to keep everything you know personal with myself and keep you informed of what's happening in my life. Of course, uh, what's happening right now with um, with this country is scary, with especially with the Omicron variant going on, and you know we're seeing a lot of these people. Uh, Becoming that are unvaccinated, going into the hospital and going on vents, and unfortunately dying. Um, my cousin, my dad's ne- nephew, uh, Dwayne Wallace, passed away. Uh, he died of COVID. Uh, he was put on a ventilator, and uh, he unfortunately did not come out. And uh, COVID has taken one of uh, one of my relatives. And um, our thoughts and prayers are with him, his his family, his kids, and especially with my dad. My dad really took it hard, taking it hard, um, because besides my uh, my uncle that's left, we're those are the last two members of the Wallace slash Alfred family, and uh, besides me, and so I'm working hard, <laughs> working hard with my wife, you know, and. Uh, we're we're trying our best, and uh, you know we're we're gonna grieve. We're gonna we're gonna have this all happen and get over it. And you know we'll just I I just implore people just to wear a mask when you're out. I it's the simplest and easiest thing to do. It's to keep you safe, keep your family safe, and keep you healthy. And please, if you're not vaccinated, please do your research. Do the real research. Don't listen to people that are on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. Please listen to the science. Believe the science. The science is for real. Please get vaccinated. Stay safe. You know, and you know, not only for me, but for 
for all your from your parents and those that you know we need to be come together as a nation to beat covid we we did it once we tried it once we succeed and now a new variant comes out and we need to win we need to win and we need to get this virus under control so wear a mask when you're out in public because you know i see it more nowadays that people are not wearing a mask when the employees are wearing a mask it's a tall tale sign you know if an employee is wearing a mask for eight hours on their shift you can wear a mask when you're out at the grocery store for an hour or a half hour or however long you're in the store they have to wear a mask for eight hours and some of them are factory workers and they have to work wear a mask for 10 to 12 hours you know if they can do it for that long a time to keep themselves safe, you can do the same thing by wearing a mask and when you're in a store or you're out going grocery shopping or if you're out doing errands, make sure you wear a mask. Because you're seeing a lot of the businesses are now requiring you to wear a mask when you're in the store. So if, you're, if the store is not requiring you to wear a mask, wear a mask already just for protection, to protect yourself as well as to protect your family and the people that you love and care for. And like I said, do your research. Believe in the science. Do not believe into the, the skeptics and the anti-vaxxers. Believe the science. Get yourself vaccinated to protect yourself from the virus. Do you want to end up in a ventilator? I sure hope you don't want you. You're not on a ventilator. So there's my health speech. So please, please get vaccinated. Please wear a mask when you're out and about. COVID is running wild. And I don't want to see any more of my friends and my family be affected because of it. So there's that. Um, and when you're out and about, you know, be careful. Be safe. Um, some note to pass along to you. Tomorrow night is uh, Bowling Green State University hockey team. They'll be taking on Bemidji State tomorrow night. I will be in attendance at that game. Um, I'll be watching the game over in the west side of the arena. I'll be posting it on our Facebook page where I'll be sitting. Come on down, sit with me. Uh, if you buy tickets ahead of time, by the way, they are doing Dollar Mania. That's right. Dollar Mania is happening. It ends tonight at midnight, our pre-sale tickets. They're doing dollar admission, dollar, dollar parking, and dollar concession stands, dollar hot dogs, popcorn, cookies, and soda cans, all a dollar. As the Falcons take on Bemidji State tomorrow, 7.07 puck drop. We will be there in attendance for that game. My one BG game of the year. Fortunately, my good friend Drake, uh, who usually was my co-best man in my wedding, unfortunately, won't be able to attend because, unfortunately, he is down with covid uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his beautiful wife, uh, Delaney. Uh, hope that they recover, have a speedy recovery. Uh, I also want to wish my friend Logan, Logan Carr, and my friend Amber a speedy recovery as they are battling with COVID as well too. COVID's really running wild, like I said. We're just looking out for people. So uh, tomorrow night, I will have a mask on while I'm at the game because it is required when you're indoors in the facility at Bowling Green to wear a mask during the game. So 
There's that for you. Other than eating and drinking, of course. So there's that. Awesome. Be prepared. Be prepared. Have Come on down to the, to the Slater Ice House. Come on to the Mayhem on Mercer to watch Bemidji take on Bowling Green. I'm going to try to find Kevin Peel because he does the TV broadcast on the CCHA TV network on Flow TV. I would like to see him chat with him for a little bit. Maybe get a get a read on this new special teams coordinator. That would be kind of cool. So if Kevin, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, I'm coming for you tomorrow. Coming for you tomorrow. So enjoy it. So uh, Andy Rants tonight, like I mentioned before, uh, wear a mask. Do your research. Get vaccinated. And we will be at the BG Hockey game tomorrow night at Slater Ice House for Bemidji versus Bowling Green. That's going to wrap it up for all Andy Elford this week. We will be back on Tuesday. I want to say Tuesday. Um, Let me pull it up really quickly. If we are back on Tuesday or... We will be back on the air. Yeah, we will be back on the air on Tuesday, the 18th of January. uh, As we will recap the Jackets weekend as they take on Carolina and Florida. We'll recap the walleye weekend uh, from Friday and Saturday and Sunday's games, as well as wildcard weekend in the National Football League. We'll recap all that and get dab a little bit into you know what's happening other in other sports. Of course, college basketball is under fully underway. We'll get you a little little taste on that going forward. Once college football is all done, so until I talk to you guys next Tuesday on the 18th, this is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. Wear a mask and keep back and get vaccinated. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets. Get the job done tonight in Carolina. Go Walleye. Go Lions and go Browns. Enjoy the offseason. Let's rebuild for next year. Go Bills. And Go State, Bowling Green, BGSU. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody, and a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. I love you. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.